0: Those who spend are generally successful. Now, it's not always about the money, but having the most certainly helps. It is Friday, April 7th. This is the College Football Daily. I am Lance Glenn. The numbers are out for the top recruiting spenders this past cycle, thanks to a recent USA Today report with Georgia leading the way once again, spending $4.5 million on recruiting the 2023 class. Clemson is second, Texas A&M third, Tennessee fourth, and Oklahoma fifth. And joining me to discuss these numbers and to talk about some of the biggest spending surprises is 24-7 Sports National College football writer Brad Crawford. Brad, how are we doing? Thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate you giving me some time.
1: Thanks for having me, man. This is going to be a very interesting episode to see if the ROI for these programs inside the top 10, just outside the top 10, has, has been worth it the last three or four cycles.
0: And that's really the name of the game, right? Rate uh, of interest, rate of return. You want to spend money, but you want to spend that money wisely and you want to get the biggest bang for your buck. And let's just off the bat talk recruiting spending versus recruiting budgets because those two things differ. And I don't think people sort of understand what one means compared to the other. So can you just kind of explain the difference really between spending and budget when it comes to recruiting?
1: Yeah. As you know, there's a ton of factors that sort of go into this recruiting spending versus recruiting budget. Those two not to be confused with one another another. I think a lot of programs outside of the top 10 in this ranking have more money than they're actually spending in terms of talent acquisition. Look at a program like South Carolina, for instance, outside the top 20 in annual recruiting spending, but the Gamecocks signed a top 25 class in 2022, signed a top 20 class in 2023, and now have a top 10 class for 2024. Yet, like I said, they're outside the top 25 in national recruiting spending. The Gamecocks are more of a regional recruiter, and I think a lot of teams you see just outside the top ten sort of have that same philosophy. And it's going to be a lot less coast, you know, Lance, when you just go up and down the East Coast corridor versus you, you're taking flights across country. They're they're not a national recruiter, not a national brand. Look at a guy like Shane Beamer. If he's able to sign annual top twenty classes despite spending seven or eight hundred grand a year, which is what, a fifth of what national champion Georgia spends, then per capita, he's one of the nation's top recruiters. So the Maryland's and the Rutgers of the world who are actually inside that top 20 national spending, it's going to cost more considerably when you travel in New Jersey versus Columbia, South Carolina. Hotels are more expensive in the upper Northeast versus the South and all that kind of stuff adds up in recruiting spending. I mean, you look at Texas, spent approximately $300,000 during a three-day visit from Arch Manning at official. That's a quarter of what most programs in college football spend annually on recruiting. Now we're talking about a transcendent recruit, number one player in the country according to our rankings. So 300 grand for Arch Manning is a drop in the bucket, but it's not something that you know, the majority of FBS programs can afford to put into one player.
0: Yeah, you're right. And you bring up a good point. Obviously, traveling in the upper Northeast corridor, uh, specifically in New Jersey, it costs a lot. I know, obviously I travel in New Jersey and live in New Jersey every single day. It is, it is not cheap to say the least. Uh, And you look at a team like Georgia, right? We said it, they're at the top 4.5 million. They're a national recruiter. They take a lot of flights to go see a lot of prospects nationwide. Had guys from Pennsylvania, from California, from Nevada. Obviously in the South, they recruit too. But when you have to travel across the country, that's going to cost more than just going a few states up and down from where you are. That's obviously all in driving distance.
1: Even regionally, I mean, you see Kirby Smart on social media. He takes a helicopter everywhere. You don't. It's, you don't. It's see part, the- of, a flare. No. It's part right. of the flair. It's part of the flair, right? And this is what social media makes you think, but it's it's hard to argue with Georgia's ROI. They, they've had number one classes several years during his tenure. He goes up against Nick Saban every year for the top class. And since 2017, Georgia's been one of the most successful programs nationally coming off back-to-back titles. So that that 4.5 or so that Georgia average invests annually into recruiting – certainly paying off and you cannot argue with the results.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly worth uh, the 4.5 is certainly worth what Georgia is getting back, obviously on the field, winning the last two national titles. So look, big money was spent on recruiting. And like we've been talking about Georgia leading the way at the top, really no surprise there. The Bulldogs spend big, they get top classes, they win national titles, but of the top five, Brad, I was really interested to see no Alabama, no Texas, even though we obviously talked about Arch Manning and his a uh, three hundred thousand dollar official visit. No yeah. Oregon too, and and look, Oregon's obviously a surprising one because they do recruit nationally. They have the backing of of a you know a company like Nike and Phil Knight, and you know they were putting together top classes. Are you surprised with the way that the first five is sort of laid out, or did it pretty much meet your expectations? Numbers one through five that are in there,
1: I was surprised to see Alabama considering. Crimson Tide have won, you know, more than a handful of national titles during this decade-plus era of Nick Saban. I mean, he's had several number one classes, yet he's not top five in recruiting spending. That shows to me that Alabama is getting the most bang for its buck on the recruiting trail as well. The, the biggest surprise for me, Lance, was not seeing Ohio State inside the top 10. I think Ohio State spends on average about $1.1 million annually. And the threshold for this top 10 was around 1.6. So not only I, – I, I'm, I'm just surprised to see that Michigan is the Big Ten's top program in recruiting spending. Obviously, Jim Harbaugh just got a recent commitment from five-star 2024 quarterback Jaden Davis. Those are the kind of head-to-head battles that Jim Harbaugh needs to win against Ohio State to not only get back to the playoff and win the Big Ten again, but to win that first national title during his tenure. So Ohio State not being in there despite averaging – You know, eleven and a half wins a year the last decade plus was uh, really shocking to me.
0: Yeah, that 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 is surprising. And especially because in years past, we've seen Ohio State, you know, just go back to 2022, right? Ohio State's quarterback in their class, Devin Brown, came all the way from the West Coast. So they're a program that obviously recruits nationally. They're a program that's usually towards the top of the team recruiting ranking. So it is surprising to see them outside the 10. But again, it's just bang for your buck there. Ryan Day doing a good job uh, of, of getting players without spending a ton in recruiting. And look, with these numbers coming out, I think the big one that I saw in that top five was Texas A&M. And on the recruiting trail, Texas A&M has been great, right? You really can't complain with right. the way Jimbo Fisher has been recruiting, especially in, in the 2022 class. 2023 took a little bit of a step back, but it was a smaller class, so it didn't necessarily have the quantity that 2022 had. But there's so much pressure on him on the field. And with these numbers now actually in front of us, I think the fact that they sit third in recruiting just adds to the pressure that's continuously mounting on Jimbo Fisher heading into this 2023 season.
1: You're absolutely right. I mean, the 2022 2022- Class, according to our rankings at twenty four seven Sports, was the highest rated signing class ever. Not just in the SEC, but but nationally. I think there was eight total twenty four seven Sports composite five stars for the Aggies. And right now, there's no ROI on that, you know. And into the season in December, Texas A and M had more transfer portal departures than any program nationally because Jimbo Fisher went five and seven with you know one of the best rosters in college football. That cannot happen again. I don't care what the buyout is. I think after the 2023 campaign it's still around 65 million. Jimbo Fisher fleeced Texas A&M on this 10-year contract he signed several years ago. So far he has not done enough to warrant, you know, the 10 plus million or so on annual average he makes on that. He's a very good recruiter. It's obvious Texas A&M, its boosters and its NIL collective have invested millions and millions of dollars into talent acquisition, which is how you win in the SEC. But no playoff burst to show for it, no trips to Atlanta, SEC championship game. 2023 is a huge year for Jimbo Fisher and the future and the health of that AM football program. And,
0: you know, I said at the top that obviously those who spend are generally successful. And look, sure. like I said before, Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M on the recruiting trail have been very successful, but we talk about rate on return. We talk about getting a bang for your buck, ROI, the ROI for these successful recruiting classes, the ROI for all the spending that that they're doing is certainly not showing up on the field. And, and, you know, as we've talked about really this whole off season, both on this podcast as well as on other shows, as well as in articles, the pressure is just growing and growing on Jimbo Fisher. And this number that Texas A&M is at sitting third, uh, in terms of recruiting spending for 2023 it's just going to add to the pressure that he has to deal with. And I do want to go back real quick to Texas's spending specifically on Arch Manning's official visit. Now look, $300,000 is a lot of money for basically everyone for these schools and for the big boosters of Texas. Maybe it's not that much, but when you Get the number one prospect in the class, you could really make an argument that that $300,000 official visit is worth it. Do you think that this could potentially lead to more instances like this, whether it be for Texas or for other programs, or specific budgets being directed more towards certain recruits than specifically others? You know, how do you think with the success of this $300,000 official visit, because again, Arch Manning is now a Texas Longhorn, do you see this kind of being a, a domino effect with more programs that can afford it doing something like this? for those big prospects that they're after.
1: Yeah. I mean, 300 grand on on one weekend during an official visit feels like an astronomical amount, but when it's a transcendent potential program changing player like Arch Manning, especially at the quarterback position, we've already seen Steve Sarkisian sign Quinn Ewers. I'm sure he cost a lot in recruiting and now Arch Manning, the money that they've put into him to, you know, further the Longhorns I think it's worth it. You know, Cooper Patagna one of our national recruiting analysts here at 24 seven sports back in March, I think it was, he called it the cost of doing business. And isn't that what it is, Lance? Like in order to sign those, you know, top tier, top 10, five-star type talents, you're going to have to open the pocketbook and, show that kid that you know he is he's top priority for you. I think during that visit it's it's been revealed through you know various reports that some of the amenities that Manning and other guys on that visit enjoyed were, you know, Tomahawk steaks, a 3-night stay at the Four Seasons hotel, photo shoots, and ice sculpture. I mean stuff that look, I, I mean college football facilities used to be the thing that recruits were all excited about on campus. Well, now they they need to be wined and dined at five star restaurants for, you know, them to prove during the, you know, courting relationship that you're into them and you're sort of the top face of that class. So I think for the top tier guys, several hundred thousand dollars is, you know, well worth the investment and especially the return you're going to get over the next two or three season for those future first rounders.
0: Man, what it is to be a top recruit in today's society, let, let me know. tell you. Yeah, you know, it tells me neither alive, Brad, you know that. And I also think with Arch Manning and this astronomical number that they spend on this official visit, right? So much of it was obviously getting Arch Manning, but it's also what follows when you get Arch Manning. Sure. Right, you spend 300000 on this visit, you end up landing Arch Manning, obviously Texas did. And it's not just the cachet of him coming into your program and him joining your class, but he obviously brings so many other recruits with oh, yeah. him. So you spend 300000 dollars on Arch Manning, but you really got to think about it. How much or how many recruits did that 300,000 get? It probably more than just Arch Manning, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, and and not to mention, I mean, let, let's say Texas makes the playoff, maybe this season, maybe makes the expanded playoff 2 years from now, they're going to get hundreds of millions of dollars because of that exposure. So, 300 grand even even if Arch Manning's a bust, it's, you know, it's a drop in the bucket like I said, and it's just you have a wave of momentum heading into 2023 season. I know Arch Manning likely will not get a ton of snaps, but like you said, I mean, the, the guys he was able to bring in with him got a five-star receiver because of Arch Manning. Some of the guys in 2024, you're going to want to play with one of the best quarterbacks, at least on paper, in college football, right? So like you said, the, these guys that you're able to sign at the top of your recruiting classes, not only does it work this cycle, but for you know one or two cycles to come, it certainly helps. It certainly does,
0: and you know you said it—a five-star receiver ended up going to Texas. Jonte Cook, a five-star running back, and Cedric Baxter, a five-star linebacker, and Anthony Hill. And sure, they spent the three hundred thousand on Arch Manning and his and the official visit uh, that he took. But again, you got to think more in depth with it. That three hundred thousand could have helped bring all those other guys to Texas. So it's more than just spending it on Arch Manning. It's spending it really on building your whole class. Remember to follow Brad on Twitter at b.crawford247 and check out the full article with all of these spending one through ten over at 247sports.com. Brad, thanks so much for coming on. Remember to give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and make sure to head on over to the 247 Sports YouTube channel and click that subscribe button. So for Brad Crawford, I am Lance Glenn. Thanks for listening to the College Football Daily and have a good weekend.